Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Getting Sexy with Steph. And today we are in for a treat. I have the beautiful, the wonderful, the intelligent, wise, amazing, and fabulous Grace Willow, who is a women's pelvic health specialist, sexuality, and embodiment coach. And we are going to be talking all about pelvic floor health and pelvic floor pain, which is something that I know so many out there of you have reached out to me about. So here is the episode for you. Grace, we are so lucky to have you. And I would love if you could introduce yourself a little bit more, tell us a little bit more about who you are. And just for clarification, we were talking right before, and we are both like these total science nerds and also these like woo-woo enchantresses. So we're going to be blending both of these together today because Grace is fabulous at this. So I'm turning it over to you. Can you tell us a little bit more about you? (laughs) Thank you. That was an amazing introduction. Do you go by Steph or Stephanie? I didn't ask. Either. Anything. Okay. All the things. (laughs) All the things. Yes. All the things. All the things. So thank you. Um, Yes, I am a women's pelvic health specialist, sexuality and embodiment coach, and so much more. Um. Yeah, I guess maybe I should start with my background. I really, I came to all of this work um, as a massage therapist and wow, the world of massage therapy and to where I am today is so incredibly different because sexuality is a big taboo in massage, you know, unless you're a sex worker, which, you know, some people are, but I had a very clinical massage background and then layered in energy healing and professional coaching. And it wasn't until, oh gosh, it was, I think 2019, I had been dealing with pelvic pain for six years, six years. Yes. Six. And going from doctor to doctor, you know, going, I had the pelvic exams. I had the ultrasounds. I, I mean, I, you name it. I did it. I did Western medicine. I did energy healing and basically was like, we can't find anything wrong with you. And I'm like, bullshit, I feel it. <laughs> so I went on my own little magical journey. And um, since then, I've had amazing fortune to study with um, some of the world's top icons uh, in women's pelvic health. So um, of course, I think our journeys, at least for me, I don't speak to everyone. But my journey, my own healing journey has taken me on a path of embodying this deep wisdom and bringing it into the world to help other women. So here I am. Yeah. Love that. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. And you can really just feel your embodiment of this work and just the way that you speak about it. And it's like, I can tune into that depth of wisdom and energy that you have around this and that you are able to share. And so Mm -hmm. what a journey that you've been on and just taking a moment to reflect back and that I see, like, I see that wisdom in you and like you fucking rock. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. Like, you know, I, I reflect back on my years as a massage therapist and I, I was deeply embodied in what I was doing, which was, you know, working with people who'd been into car accidents, but the pelvis was like not on my radar unless it was like, oh, you're having back pain or you're having glute pain or, you know, to re- so now to really embody this work in the way that I do is like, 
the pelvis is sacred. Like above and beyond what it, you know, the functions of sexuality and, you know, it's just this, this amazing sacred bowl of wisdom because our tissues are, are conscious. So thank you for, for feeling into that. It is, it is something that I, I'm, I really have a love affair with the pelvis. I'm a geek. <laughs> totally. I love that. A love affair with the pelvis. I feel yeah. like that's going to be the title of this entire episode. <laughs> Yeah, pelvic womb, <laughs> womb, sovereign womb, pelvic womb wisdom. I mean, yes, it's just amazing. And it, this real, this work, it has brought me home to myself in a way that is so incredibly profound. And I, that is what I desire to, you know, when women work with me. And I, you know, occasionally I'll have men reach out too because men have pelvises and they have pain too. But um, really supporting them and coming home to themselves in a really deep way. Beautiful. And one thing that I really respect is this blending of the neuroscience and all of the energy and energy work as well, and how well-versed you are in somatic healing Mm -hmm. as well. It's like this really beautiful blend of science, somatic, and spiritual. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which is just what I love. Like those three, it's like this perfect little oracle. Yeah. It's like a a oracle triad oracle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. So I am curious because there's going to be a lot of women out there who are like, okay, finally, somebody is talking about pelvic floor pain and Mm -hmm. have probably been to a doctor had the same thing. Like we can't find anything that's wrong. Like, Mm -hmm. And, and sometimes I want to say, and as well as you will, that there is something medically and, and that is a very important piece. And also, like you said, sometimes it's like, no, but I feel pain mm-hmm. and I'm curious how that relates when you've been kind of medically cleared to these subconscious beliefs or how this imprinting can get stuck inside of our pelvis and create pain. I'm so curious to hear you speak a little bit more on that because this might be a concept that's probably new for a lot of people and that you and I have both seen in our work with, I mean, collectively, I mean, thousands and thousands of women, I'm sure that this is a very true thing. So yeah, I would love to just hear you speak on that. Yeah, sure. Um, Well, I'll, I'll first just start by saying you know, there's a lot of different types of pain. So it can be, you know, like pelvic floor pain, it could be vaginal pain, it can be, um, I just have this weird pain in the back of my pelvis, and I can't really locate where it is, or, you know, pain during sex. So there's a lot of different types. But for somebody who's been medically cleared, and the person is still experiencing pain, but they've been told we can't find anything wrong. I think there's, there's a couple things going on. First, as, as much as much respect as I have for doctors and Western medicine, you know, they, they do what they do well, but I don't think they always connect the dots between the different parts of the body. They're still working under the Cartesian model of everything is separated. So they're not looking at how the lymphatic system and the musculoskeletal system and the endocrine system and the digestive system and the nervous system are all interconnected and they're all talking to each other all the time. So that's one layer of this. And then the the emotional spiritual layer is I often have women who come in and, you know, medically everything looks great. 
but then, you know, I, I, I always start with an in-depth inventory to find out, you know, what's your trauma history, you know, anything significant in your family of origin. And a lot of times, well, I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. So we start there. We also talk about their, their lifestyle. What kind of shoes do they wear? What are they, how much do they sit? What um, chemicals are they exposed to or have they been exposed to? Because that all gets embedded in the tissues. Um, and we look at their lymphatic system. So that's one layer. But then the emotional layer, um, when we start working somatically, uh, I can't tell you how often we find, um, you know, trauma imprints where somebody will come in and they say, well, no, I, I've never had any trauma. And then we start talking with the body and we discover that, oh, yeah, there was this thing that I didn't even remember. It's either a repressed or a suppressed memory or it happened pre-verbally where, you know, they don't have a conscious memory of it. And we do somatic trauma integration and the pelvic pain clears. Or sometimes we'll find um, ancestral imprints that, you know, the person is like, uh, this doesn't even belong to me. And so we'll go on a little journey of like how many generations back. And, and it's not necessarily important to know that, but I think it does give them ownership of like, oh my God, there is some something here and clearing that through somatic practices. And then and there's a lot of times when we can bump up against, um, and I wouldn't say bump up against, that's not the right um not how I want to say this. It's sometimes there will be past life imprints embedded in the tissues that the person, either there was a trauma that wasn't integrated or healed before the, the past life ended that got brought in through the body, um, through the soul to be healed in this lifetime, or the experience was so traumatic that um, it created like what, what I call a soul fragment or a the consciousness fragments. So we do, um, I work with people to do um, like soul retrieval type of work to help with uh, ameliorating the pelvic pain. And um, it's a phenomenal the way that the body communicates. So yeah, so many, so many layers of consciousness, not just the physical, yeah, emotional and spiritual. Yeah. And I think that that's so important to to recognize like this holistic approach to pelvic floor health, pelvic pain and all of that. And so one question that it just keeps coming into mind that a lot of people ask me mm -hmm. is, is it normal to feel pain during penetrative sex? Mm. Is that <laughs> normal? And it's like, it gets normalized. And yeah. oftentimes I even see people, um, you know, who it's so normalized, they don't even realize that there's pain until somebody mentions that question or that word of like painful sex. And then they're like, oh, kind of like that repressed memory you think of, you know, it's like, yeah. oh, actually sex is actually very painful for me. And yeah. so I'm sure that that's something that a lot of women come to you about, mm -hmm. maybe even initially, and that might be some of the first signs of, you know, that pelvic floor pain is like penetrative sex hurts. Is yeah. this normal? Yeah. <laughs> it is not normal. <laughs> it is not normal. And there are so many different causes. Um, you know, I can speak to that from a personal experience. I went through that for six years. I felt like glass cutting the inside of my vagina every time my partner would penetrate me. That's not normal. You know, like, I mean, I, I know this because 
first of all, I'm a medical professional and energetic and, you know, holistic health, pelvic health specialist. But I also had an experience of what it was like before that happened. No, no pain. So first, I just want to say, no, it's not normal. And second, there are answers. It's not something that you should just, you know, close your eyes and cry through. I mean, how sad. That's, I mean, really, there are at least 30% of women who suffer from that. And they, and I think that's so far underreported. I mean, if you think about all the people who may or may not even go to their doctor for whatever reason. Um, so that's, a, I think that's an underreported statistic or an under, how the word just escaped me. Anyway, it's not normal. There are, um, there are solutions. And one of the, one of the, you know, I mentioned the inventory. So when I work with women, I do the inventory to figure out what's going on, but then there's also some internal work that can be, um, because we're working remotely. So I would walk them through an embodiment practice, de-armoring, um, figuring out are there trigger points? And then and we also do somatic practices um, remotely as well. Yeah. So there, there are solutions. I would just encourage them, you know, whoever's experiencing that to really reach out to a provider who is skilled in holistic pelvic care or who does know how to, how to treat these um, pelvic pain. Yeah, because I can imagine there's so much shame, right. And being a woman yeah. who, you know, we're, we're supposed to just love sex, orgasm all the time. Everything's supposed to be fine. <laughs> and it's all I was like about totally ready to spit it. your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you know, that's actually the truth, but it's so comical, right? Yeah. It's like, we're supposed to just be enjoying it. And it's, that's just what it's supposed to be. And nobody, yeah. nobody talks about it. It's like girlfriends don't usually get together and be like, okay, who else here feels like their vagina is on fire when it's penetrated? Like, yeah, it's not no. talked about. It's more like, you know, first of all, either taboo to even talk about sex in your circles or it's, you know, sex is great. Like, yeah, everything's perfect. And then the person who's feeling that pain gets that shame which embodies even deeper, which, you know, as we both know, like on a somatic level, also, like if you're in pain, you're going to clench up. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to cause more contraction in the pelvic floor within the walls and the tissue of the vagina. And then you get the subconscious belief that my vagina is shameful. Something's wrong with me. I'm not worthy of this. Yeah. Which I'm only broken. Could, I'm broken. Something like yeah. this is only me. I deserve and that this. Just, I hear that a lot. I deserve oh. this. On some level, we uncover a deep belief that I deserve this. I've done something wrong or bad. Yes. Sorry. Didn't mean oh. to interrupt you. <laughs> no, I'm so glad you did because yeah. that just like hurt my heart to hear that. Yeah. But it's so true. It is. That it I deserve is. this. Mm-hmm. And you know, I work very intimately with sexual abuse survivors mm-hmm. and sexual trauma. And that is something that I have actually heard sexual trauma survivors say when they've internalized that the trauma is actually their fault. And so yeah. if they feel that pain, I deserve this. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so then they'll, they'll perpetuate it and override their body's natural. No. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. so all of that just causes more constriction and more mm-hmm. pain. And it's like, then it turns into the cycle, but 
it's like, how do you break that cycle without having these type of conversations that we're having where, you know, you hear a medical professional say it is not normal to feel pain. Yeah, it's not normal. And there are, you know, it's first of all, you know, taking the shame away and normalizing the conversation so that people feel more comfortable or at least safe to talk about it. Like, you're not going to think I'm weird or broken. You're not going to shame me. You're not going to be, you know, I think even in when you were talking about in friend circles, this is not talked about. I can't tell you the number of times I myself have participated in conversation or, you know, I've, I've been a participant and heard other women talking and shaming the person who is sharing or, you know, being like, what are you talking about? So I really think, you know, opening up and opening up this conversation and saying, hey, this really is not normal. Um, there's nothing to be ashamed about. Um, and then, uh, you know, really, when you talked about the shame causing more muscle contraction in the pelvis, I think there's also you know, on an energetic level and a physical level, like the biophysiological level, when a person feels shame, you think about what happens with their breath. They don't breathe very deeply. They feel kind of, you know, like their whole posture kind of like collapses in and that impacts the vagus nerve and the respiratory system and the digestive system. And um, I don't know if you know, but you probably do know this, but just for the sake of people listening to this, the um, the cervix is connected to the pineal gland via the vagus nerve. So anything that happens in the cervix also informs how we see the world, and vice versa. So the primal the primal brain is connected to the pineal gland, and you know if you think about what you you create a reality based on how you feel, and how you feel creates the reality you experience. So. Um, yeah. And anyway, I got, kind of got off topic a little bit, but going into neuroscience land and <laughs> energetic you know, land. though, I, I love all of that. And that actually, I mentioned something on social media about that a little bit ago, and you would be shocked at the amount of people who were so interested in hearing how the cervix is connected up to the pineal gland through the vagus nerve, because I feel like, you know, as more trauma, somatic trauma comes out, polyvagal theory is so much more normalized. Everybody's talking about the vagus nerve, toning the vagus nerve and all these different things. Um, it's like, oh, that makes so much sense. Yes, it does make so much sense. And so when you, you know, we're addressing pelvic pain on a, a lot of different levels, it's not just internal massage. It's not just breath work. It's not just de-armoring. There's like a whole integrative process because our bodies are, you know, they're interdependent. Every part is connected through, through the whole and they all impact each other and the chakras. Like we haven't even talked about the chakras. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just bring them in. Let's invite them in. <laughs> yeah. Like I just, I can't help, but you know, especially, okay. So this conversation about pelvic pain, there has been a skyrocket in pelvic pain since COVID started. And, you know, we could blame that on, oh, we're all on the computers. We're all sitting more. My perspective, that that's a very small part of it. I, I don't want to say it's small. It depends on the person, but from a consciousness level, our pelvic bowls are connected to the cosmos and we are impacted by the collective consciousness. Our pelvic bowls on a consciousness level hold the collective. 
So anything that's happening on the collective impacts every person's pelvis, women specifically, because we have a cervix and ovaries and a womb space. Um, you know, men have the parts that they have. But with this rise in pelvic pain, our first chakra is located in the cervix and that responds to the fear. We have so much fear. I can't help but connect the dots between the fear and increases in pelvic pain, you know, and fear creates, you know, shallow breathing, constricted posture, you know, and what we see in the world is what we believe to be true. And so that also, it's like a negative feedback loop that goes through our nervous system that um, increases the pain. So, oh my gosh. Such there's so many different, it is. And there's so many different levels and, you know, um, I would love to expand just a little bit on de-armoring because that's a word yeah. that I think you and I probably use daily. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's also a word that I think that most people, and for sure, until I got into this work, I was, I, somebody could have said that to me and I would have been like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we're not wearing under, I mean, sorry, I was going to go into the whole Under Armour brand, but we, we, don't, yeah. we don't need to go there. <laughs> yeah, like de-armoring, I don't even know what that means. Like I think of like a knight with like all of his armor and like he's being like taking off his shield and everything, which actually is kind of what it is, you know, it's like literally taking off the armoring that we've mm-hmm. built up. But if you were to describe to somebody, just because I think that for context of this being a piece of the puzzle and something that can help with pelvic floor pain, first of all, how would you describe what de-armoring is to somebody who is like, the hell is this word that you're talking about? What the hell are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I'm going to start by saying that armoring is our body's natural defense to I'm not safe or to an experience that has created a lack of safety. So it may not be a current lived experience. It may be the past that's, that's held in the tissues and the nervous system is responding to that. So when we do de-armoring, there's first of all, a basic foundation of safety needing to be created so that all parts of the nervous system, inner child parts, the body can just go, oh, okay, I'll, I'll like have this conversation about de-armoring. And then, you know, you can approach de-armoring through the breath, um, through physical practices, but basically in a nutshell, it's making the part that feels like it has to protect, feel safe enough to relax. So that might be an emotional part. It might be a physical part, um, but they're, you know, the two are talking. So it's, if you're doing, I'll just, I'll give an example. So de-armoring of the vaginal wall is um you know approaching the whole vagina with reverence and asking permission getting consent from the body and then you know you may be using fingers you may be using breath you may be using a crystal dildo but inserting it with consent all along the way and then if there is a point of tenderness or numbness or a place that's armored approaching that place with would it be okay if i touch you Would it be okay if I sit here in your presence? And um, it's kind of hard to explain when I'm not actually doing it. Like, I'm like, how do, you know, I'm not in the process of doing it. So, um, but it's really just getting that body part to relax and feel safe and 
be able to have a like a conscious dialogue to find out what's going on what's why is it not feeling safe what does it need and then resourcing that part so that it can um become healthy and not have to armor yeah and you know i've done a lot of de-armoring through like mm -hmm. you said i started out really with breath work was mm -hmm. my de-armoring and energetic work and mm -hmm physically getting into vaginal de-armoring was kind of the last piece of the puzzle for me because for me, I think I needed to have all of the other in a little bit of alignment because it's such deep work. But when I started vaginal de-armoring, the reason I started is because I had, I could have penetrative sex with a cock to the point that it would, the cock would hit my cervix. Mm -hmm. And then it's like everything in me would just like, <laughs> like I would physically just like, Ugh, like cringe and like literally shudder with pain. Yeah. Yeah. And that went on for a couple years because I was just like, oh, it's just too deep or like their cock's too big or like too big, whatever. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I'm not going to tell you that. Like, you don't need to like this inflated ego, but like, it's got to just be the cock's too big or something. But then when I really started thinking about it, I was like, okay, even a hard cock is not that hard, <laughs> right? <laughs> like it's, it's just not, not a battering ram. <laughs> no, like it's just not. And if you took a cock and you placed it anywhere else on your body, you could like put it in your eyeball, literally a hard cock, like brush up against, like it wouldn't hurt. Like, and so why is this part of me experiencing this pain when even though it's hard, it's still like, it's a soft tissue mm -hmm. is bumping up into it. And yeah. so for me, that was my route into um, really exploring any sort of pelvic pain and cervical pain and de-armoring. Mm -hmm. And when I first started, the vaginal walls were so fucking numbed out. I didn't realize how numbed out they were. And just to the very touch my cervix was just like, it was like, it's almost like, um, if you were going to touch a hot stove, it's like, it just wanted to like Ooh. retract and like bounce back because it was so painful. Mm -hmm. And it took, I want to just normalize that this process of de-armoring, it can happen in one session. And usually it takes time to really move through because as you were saying, there's so much trauma and these unconscious or subconscious beliefs and, um, even like ancestral trauma. And for me, it was a lot of repressed trauma mm -hmm. and rage and sadness and grief that I had to really move through yeah. with breath, with sound, with such deep reverence and intentionality in order to finally, I remember like the first time I had this cervical orgasm and I was like, Oh, <gasps> I just saw the goddess herself. <laughs> Yay. I'm going to celebrate that you had your first, well, I'm sure you've had many more since then, but yes, I've had many more Maybe. since then. But that first time I was like, Oh, this is what everybody's talking about. Yes. So it is such beautiful work. And so that was kind of my process with de-armoring, but yeah, it's, it's so beneficial to hear you talk about it in that way of approaching it from this holistic point of view, from the energetic, from looking at the root chakra, from 
approaching even the entrance of your vagina with such reverence and finding these little places and asking, Hey, can we be in presence with you? Mm -hmm. And, and working with that, it's like working with your body oftentimes for the first time ever, because as we know, as women, most of the time sex is really faster than we want it to be. And we say yes a lot of times when maybe we're a maybe or no, and that doesn't mean it's not consensual. Maybe it just means like it just happened really fast and we would have rather had it a little slower. Yeah. Well, I think that really speaks to the cultural norming that's, um, you know, there's so much in that conversation. That would be like a whole different conversation. (laughs) It's true. It's a whole whole other podcast. We'll have you back. It really does speak to that. And I think that, you know, getting women in touch with their bodies again as, you know, something more than a machine. I think there's, that's another conversation too, is just we have been conditioned to think that our bodies are these independent parts that don't communicate with each other and that it's a machine and we impose our our beliefs about what we quote unquote should or should not be doing, whether that's a conscious belief or an unconscious belief. So yeah, this work around pelvic pain, pelvic floor pain specifically, but any kind of pelvic pain, um, whether it's rectal pain or vaginal pain or cervical pain or uterine pain or endometriosis, it's, it's really reconnecting to the, the idea that our body is conscious and all parts have wisdom and they are so incredibly intelligent. And we have this innate wisdom, this innate ability to heal if we just get out of the way and let the body do what it is designed to do. And I, I, you know, that's where I come in as a women's pelvic health specialist is because I'm a body whisperer. I listen to the body. I let, you know, as much training as I have, it doesn't mean shit when it comes to, I don't know more than that woman's body does. I'll bring my wisdom. I'll bring my training. I'll bring my expertise. But in the end, it's all in service to what that woman's body says. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and I'm sure you know that as a coach, you you always follow. You bring all of your training, and yet you let the person's body, you know, guide. One hundred percent. And I think that that's actually just a pa- empowering statement in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know your own body best. Yeah. Yeah because that's not the narrative that we're taught. It's that somebody else knows your body, whether it's medical or religion or family or society, somebody else knows what your body is feeling more than you. And that's, that's the narrative that we get from little girls. Right. Mm -hmm. And so just even reclaiming that, that like, actually, no, you know, what's, you know, what, you know, your body the best, you know, what's best for your body. Yeah. And maybe not on the conscious level, but, you know, really connecting to the body's wisdom and then reclaiming that wisdom and empowering it so that, you know, on a conscious, it does become conscious over time. And, you know, I have worked with women who are very conscious to it, but then the majority of women aren't, you know, they're, they're, um, they're co-opting their health and they're, you know, disempowered. And so really supporting them and taking that power back and, Oh, that just makes me want to take a deep breath. And yes. Yeah. Yeah. And just let that soak in that that is, that's your birthright is to claim mm-hmm. that knowledge over your own body. 
Mm-hmm. It is. It is. It really is. And I think, you know, that brings me to the conversation about patriarchy, which is, again, another conversation, but um, really just coming into a place of sovereignty. It's it's so incredible. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. So if there's somebody out there right now who's like, wow, this is all really resonating with me. Mm-hmm. And I feel this pain. I felt shame around this. I haven't really told anybody. Maybe I've told my doctor. Maybe I haven't. Maybe I've been validated. Maybe I haven't. Maybe I've told my partner. Maybe I haven't. What would be a good next step for somebody who's like, oh, can I lean into this? Can I learn more? Or what do I do now? Now that I know that this pain is actually not normal. And I want to start to, to kind of unravel and take back the sovereignty over my body and help to do this thing that you call de-armoring and, and release these like, you know, beliefs around sex and around sexuality and around painful sex and, unworthiness and shame. And I want to really start to just like take these steps, but that also feels so hard to take those first few steps. Mm -hmm. What do you, what would you suggest? Yeah, I would say the first step is deciding that you're worth it. Mm. Deciding that you deserve to feel healthy and radiantly alive. And, you know, whether it's to enjoy pain-free sex or just to enjoy your life and thrive. I mean, you are worth that. It's your birthright. Um, so I think the, the very first step that I see so many women take when they reach out to me is they reach out and they immediately pull back and they, you know, they confront all these fears of I'm not worth it. I should ask my partner first. I don't have the money. And I think underneath all of that is a deep fear that it's not going to work. It, there's no solution. And then even under that is the piece of unworthiness. Um, so I think that is so deeply embedded. So I, I, I think the very first step is deciding that you're worth it, even if you don't believe it. Choosing to believe that there's some, some part of you that is has a, a deep drive toward rightness of being, toward thriving. And that is the, you know, allowing that impulse to take you forward and then reaching out. I think the, ne- the next step is reaching out to someone skilled in uh, women's pelvic health. Um, and whether that's an embodiment coach or a holistic pelvic care therapist or, um, you know, there are physical therapists. There's me. <laughs> there's, yeah. a, there's a lot of different resources. Um, I would say that each one of them has their own benefits and their own drawbacks and, you know, Strictly speaking of Western medicine, again, it has a very specific function, but I think it lacks in that, you know, looking at the person holistically, mind, body, spirit, you know, how every part is impacting the whole. So that's the first, I guess that's a (laughs) one-two. Decide you're worth it. Decide that it's something, even if you are deep, you know, deep down or afraid or deep down, not, don't trust um, I believe that we're all here to thrive and that we have a, an impulse toward thriving. And that is the guiding, it's like the guiding North, taking you to your North star. 
Yeah. I absolutely love that. And I love that that was your first um, step because to me, it feels like you like see this North star and it's like, let's lasso this in and (laughs) hold on to it because now that you've listened to this, it's like, you have this desire for thriving and for, you know, or pain-free sex or for just that vibrancy. Mm-hmm. And you know that you, you, you desire that and there's a longing and that's actually yeah. what you're like, your essence yeah. is craving and is, yeah. and you're also going to run up into this, you know, possible unworthiness or deservingness mm-hmm. and the shame and the fear and the that'll work for everybody, but not me. And so just Mm -hmm. even like naming all of that feels like it helps and can help people to hold on to that North star and then take the next steps that's needed. Yeah, that is. So thank you for reflecting back. And I, the one thing came up as you were talking about that, I think it's really important to speak to the idea that we live in a culture where, you know, we're told, if you just put it in the microwave, it'll heat up really fast. Or if you take a pill, your headache will go away. And I, I do want to speak to the fact that this work, it can be rapid. It can be swift. It can be quick, but it's not always. Sometimes there's layers and we have to look at how long, how long this pattern took to become. And then, you know, the unraveling process, it's, it's a, it's a matter of coming home, which isn't taking a pill and making it go away. There's a process of coming home into the body and embodying that presence. And, and um, yeah, I just felt important to speak to that so that somebody is aware that it's, it's a, it's a process. It's a journey. It's not just a, you know, it's going to go away (laughs) real quick. (laughs) Yeah. I think that that's super important because we are in a quick fix society. It's like fabulous. I want to do this. Where do I sign up? What do I do? Where's my week long course? How do I do this? Let's make it go away. Put it on my to-do list and I'll cross it off by the end of the month. This is not a three-step process (laughs) or a 10-step Vogue Cosmo article. (laughs) No, 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 not at all. And yeah, deep, deep, but incredibly transformative and so worth it. Oh, it so is. And I think that both you and I can speak just from personal experience and in working with so many women and holding their hands and holding them through the depths mm-hmm. and the pleasures and the highs and the lows and the laughter and the tears and the screams and the rage and the yep. happiness and the bliss and the ecstasy, like through this whole process, yeah. it truly changes your life mm-hmm. on that physical level on that energetic level, on the emotional level, on that mental level, on the creative level. It's like everything starts to become amplified when we tune back in to our pelvic, like into our pelvis. Yes. And financial. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yes. (laughs) The finances just explode when you come home to your pussy and your pelvis and your womb. Fuck yes. And I feel like that once again is like a whole other episode on how like pussy magic, (laughs) come home to your pussy, make lots of money (laughs) (laughs) and be healthy and radiant. Yeah, I I mean, like it is the key to having quote unquote it all. Yes, it really is. is. And this is really like such an integral part. 
though. And it's, it's just no, I'm just kind of throwing it in there. It's not past me and I'm sure past you and our listeners that this is the place where women have been most traumatized, most shamed, most everything, because it's like, they know. They know that when we come home and that when we heal and that when we come into that power and it's pain-free, but we can also like experience that ecstasy, we radiate, we cause revolutions. We take everybody with us. Like it's no more scarcity. There's no more pitting each other. It's like, let's all take hands and rise the fuck up together and be radiant goddess queens we are with our big ass crowns and shine for the world (laughs) yes I just got goosebumps I'm actually I'm reading a book called the great cosmic mothers I I just taught a workshop series called the pleasure is a portal to thriving and that all yes you just gave voice to everything that I brought into that workshop so (laughs) (laughs) yes oh I love it I love it and on that note how can people find you, Grace? Because I feel like there is a ton of women out there that are listening to this who are now like, all right, <laughs> I got my North Star. I need to call somebody before like get this, get this show on the road. Like yeah. I want to hold hands and light up my fucking crown and rise too. And I know that the pelvis is the way to do that. So how do people find you? How can people work with you? All of this will also be in the notes, but I also like yeah. to just hear you say like how you work with people, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So they can find me on my website. It's the best place. Um, I, they can read all about me, my bio, my approach, my, all the woo-woo shit, all the scientific shit, gracejwillow.com. And um, let's see, I'm trying to think. <clears throat> I mean, I've done podcasts. They can find me on Instagram, grace.j.willow. Um, I have to admit, I'm not super regular, not super consistent on the social media because I'm, I'm working with clients. Um, let's see. Facebook, Grace J. Willow Coaching. But I think my website is probably the best place to find me. So, And when women work with me, I, again, you know, speaking to the idea that it's not a quick fix, I really only work with women in three to six month containers. I have found that three months is kind of like the midpoint for most people where they feel like, uh, not quite. It's usually six months. And then there are some people, I, you know, I've worked with women who've um, experienced significant trauma, like ritual abuse, sexual abuse type of stuff, and their journeys are a little longer. So it's, you know, they can, you know, count on maybe like six months to a year of working with me in a really deep, deeply held safe container for all parts of them. All parts are welcome. Deep healing, deep healing and integration. I love it. I love it. There's so many women out there that need this work go find grace. She is the perfect blend of, as we come full circle back again to that circle of she's got the science, she's got the spirituality, she's got the somatic work. She has it all. And yeah, it's, that's very beautiful. So go find grace. All of this will be linked in the show notes. And thank you so much for being on here today and sharing all of you and the depths and the wisdom and just everything. We're so honored to have you. Thank you, Stephanie. It's been such an honor and pleasure to talk. And um, yeah, I look forward to future conversations about all the woo-woo stuff and all the other things (laughs) as you have time and space.
100%. There's way more woo-woo that needs to come in. <laughs> yeah. Great. Well, thank you. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. Mm, you're welcome. And thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in today. And mm. I will see you on the next episode.